Glasgow Women's Library. Mixing the colours, women speaking about sectarianism. womenslibrary.org.uk The Shortcut by Emma Mooney We usually walk the long road home through the park and past the bowling green, but not today. Today I use the snow as an excuse to come home this way. I run my finger along the red brick wall that marks the shortest route between school and home and wonder if he's on the other side. I heard that his family have moved back to town. Pamela nudges me in the ribs, hard. You're not listening to a word I'm saying. The snow is falling as soft flakes, drifting lazily from the sky above me. And so? Well, go on then, she says. Guess who asked me out? Who? She rolls her eyes. You're supposed to guess. I shrug my shoulders. Pamela's always got boys chasing after her. Last week, a boy in fifth year asked her out. He took her to the wimpy in town, and all the other girls in our year were jealous. The boys don't even know my name. I'll give you a clue, she says. He's in our geography class. I take a wild guess. Billy Weir? Billy Weir? That wee bastard wouldn't dare. I haven't spoken to him since Charlotte told me she'd seen him kissing that slut, Kerry Wilson, at the Christmas party. She grabs my arm. Why did you think it was Billy? Has he been asking about me? I shake my head. She scowls. Guess again. A single snowflake lands on my navy blue blazer and I watch it fizzle and disappear. She gives up waiting for an answer and clutches my arm. John Robertson, she giggles. Can you believe it? And guess what? You told him no. Said no to John Robertson. Is you off your head? He's the cutest guy in the whole school. Last week, the cutest guy in the whole school was the fifth year boy. The week before that, it was poor Stuart Duffy. He didn't last longer than one day either. Guess what he did when I said yes? I give up. She pouts her lips. You're no fun she says, but then she's grinning again and she leans close, even though there's no one around to hear us. He kissed me, she says, and then she squeals and I swear she sounds like a guinea pig in pain. The only boy I've ever kissed is Thomas O'Flanagan and that was three years ago. Thomas was my next door neighbour growing up, but his mum never wanted us to play together, so we used to meet in secret down by the barn at the back of our houses. I remember the summer we caught the minnows. It was a sweltering hot day and we rolled up our jeans and stood barefoot in the barn with our fishing nets. Oh, we caught loads of minnows and carried them home in the washed out jam jars I'd pinched from mum's cupboard. She was furious when she found out, but dad managed to calm her down and he gave us his big red bucket instead, the one he used for washing his car every Sunday morning. Thomas and I, filled it with stones and pebbles and bits of pondweed that we'd brought home for the burn. I wanted to give the minnows names, but he just laughed at me for being a girl, so I kept quiet. The next morning, he sneaked round to my house and he was all dressed up in his Sunday best, ready for the morning service at the chapel. As usual, my ma and I weren't up yet. Sunday morning in our house means keeping as quiet as you can to let them get a long life. Thomas and I tiptoed into the kitchen and slipped the garage key off the hook by the back door and went to check on the minnows. 
can still see them. They were floating on top of the water, all bloated with blood seeping out for their gills. I couldn't help it. I burst into tears. I expected Thomas to laugh at me, but instead he put his arm round my shoulder and we stood in silence next to the bucket until we heard his mum calling on him. My dad washed them in us away and told me not to worry about it. We hadn't meant any harm, but I knew that it was our fault. The red bucket still sits on a shelf in the garage. I look at my watch. The big hand is almost pointing straight down, which means their bell is going to ring any second now. My stomach churns, and I imagine a shoal of tiny minnows darting around inside me. I stare at the large brick wall that divides us, and wonder if Thomas ever thinks about the big red bucket. The rusted iron spikes on top of the wall punctuate the white sky like giant exclamation marks on a blank sheet of paper, and I stretch onto my tiptoes, hoping to see over the top. Come on, says Pamela, tugging at my sleeve. We need to get a move on. I told you we shouldn't have come this way. I slow down, hoping to catch a glimpse, but she pulls me forward. Let's get home before they get out. Wait a minute, I tell her, and pretend to tie my boots. If I can just hold on a few seconds more. We were twelve when his mum caught me in their house. I'd been pestering Thomas to let me see his new ZX Spectrum, but he kept making excuses. He never said anything, but I knew his mum didn't want one of my kind in her house. So I waited until he was alone and raced over. Inside, the kitchen was just like ours, with a pile of unwashed breakfast dishes heaped by the sink. But there was a statue of a woman in blue on the windowsill. I asked Thomas why she looked so sad, and he said that this was the Virgin Mary, and she always looked like that. I told him that was a rubbish answer, but he just told me to stop asking dumb questions, and did I want to see his computer or not? I didn't really, but I was desperate to see what his bedroom looked like. Oh, I was disappointed. It wasn't that different to mine, except his curtains and bed covers were blue instead of pink, and where I had cuddly toys, he had Lego models. And then his mum came home, and all hell broke loose. None of the girls from our school have a boyfriend that goes to St Mary's. Fenians, that's what Pamela calls them. I roll the word around my mouth like a giant gobstopper. Fenians. I hate it. I remember the day Thomas moved away. I'd spent the morning watching all of the furniture being loaded into a removal van. Then there was the knock on my bedroom door, and it was him. He'd sneaked out and come to say goodbye. He brought me a teddy bear, clutching a red love heart as a goodbye present. And I felt really bad, because I hadn't got him anything. Outside, a car horn beeped, and he said he'd better go. He stood up to leave, and that's when it happened. The kiss. If I close my eyes and shut them really tight, I can imagine we're both still in my bedroom, and I can feel his lips touching mine. The bell rings, and I stop pretending to tie my shoelace and stand up. My heart beats faster. It's half past three. I twist my neck and stare up at the tall grey building merging into the sky above me. 
The large metal gates within the brick wall burst open and they pour out onto the pavement in front of us. Black trousers, black shirts, black shoes, green ties. Pamela looks scared. Quick, let's get out of here. She starts running, but I stay put and watch her denim jacket weave its way through the crowd before it disappears around the corner. I'm alone. That's okay, I tell myself. Nobody's going to hurt a girl on her way home from school. The snow has fallen heavier now, large flakes racing to the ground. I squint to see in front of me, hoping to catch a glimpse of them. I've imagined this moment for weeks now, but in my dreams it was never snowing. I picture him walking through the gates. He stops and looks at me. Lizzie, he says, is it really you? We laugh at the coincidence that brought us together and share stories about school as he walks me home. He's smart, studies all three sciences, but I mean, he's not a geek or anything. Well, not in a weird way. His arm brushes gently against mine, and then we're holding hands, and it's a perfect fit. A bunch of girls barge into me and knock me out of my daydream, and I feel my bag being yanked from my shoulder. It falls to the ground, and one of the girls kicks dirty snow over it. Sorry, didn't see you there. I bend down to get my bag and look around me. I'm the only one wearing a maroon scarf. Shit, I need to get out of here, fast. My chest feels like it's going to explode and I realise I'm holding my breath. I force myself to blow out and a cloud of warm breath fills the air. Dragon smoke, my dad calls it, and I suddenly wish he was beside me. He'd laugh and tell me not to worry. Nobody's going to hurt a girl, are they? I stuff my gloved hands deep into my pocket, lower my head and start walking. I count each step. One, two, three. This is fine. I'll probably be home by the time I reach a hundred. Four, five, six. I see the group of black shoes ahead of me and stop. The gang of boys are blocking the pavement and they're piling up snowballs. Go in somewhere. A boy with red hair stands in front of me, tossing a snowball back and forth between his hands. He steps towards me and I can see his face is covered with spots. Shouldn't you be home by now? I'm waiting on my boyfriend. My words are meant to scare him off, but he just laughs. She's waiting on her boyfriend, he mimics. What's his name? Thomas. Thomas O'Flanagan. His grin disappears and he spins on his heels and turns to face the gang. What the fuck, he shouts. Have you been sniffing around proddy bitches? At first I don't understand what's going on, but then I see him. Thomas, it's been nearly three years since the day he kissed me, but I'd recognise him anywhere. He's standing at the back of the group, and I try to catch his eye, but he's staring at his feet. Thomas, I say. Thomas, it's me, Lizzie. He doesn't look up. The boy with the red hair drops the snowball and I watch it fall to the ground and break into a hundred pieces. Looks like your boyfriend doesn't want to know you. He laughs and his hand reaches for my hair. I freeze, expecting him to yank it, but instead he twirls it around his fingers. He leans in close and I can smell stale cigarettes on his breath. Then he whispers, so the only eye can hear. 
I've heard prodigals like to suck dick. He presses himself against me and I try to pull away, but the strand of hair is still tightly wrapped around his finger. Is that true? He turns to his audience. Is that true, Thomas, eh? Has this pretty little proddy horse sucked you off? Thomas lifts his head and her eyes meet. Help me, I whisper. He looks away.